In just a few short days, many people around the world will celebrate Christmas. The question that needs to be asked is, what are people celebrating? With commercialism at an all-time high and the world focusing more on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and Great Thursday, Pastor Rander thinks it's time to point out the true meaning of Christmas. He'll be teaching from the book of John, chapter 3, verse number 16. Now let's listen in. Matthew 1 21 says, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus did not come to save uh, a tree. Did not come to save dogs. That's right. You may not like that. You said, don't talk about Lassie. He did not come to save Lassie. That's right. He didn't come to save the owl. He didn't come to save some kind of uh, endangered species or some kind of salmon. Salmon or something like that. Jesus came to save people. People. Say people. He came to save people. Black people. Black folk need Jesus. White folk. Hispanic folk. Japanese folk. Russian folk. Italian folk. Huh? European folk. New Zealanders. Africans. Jesus came to save presidents, came to save those from the outhouse to the White House. Jesus came to save people. In other words, sin is an incurable spiritual disease inherited from our foreparents. You say, where did I get this sin stuff from? This sin is from your mama and your daddy. Oh, my mama and daddy gave me that. Yeah, they did. You came out of them. You inherited. Where did they get it from? Their mom and daddy. Who else? Well, how did they? Their mama, daddy, mama, daddy, mama, daddy, mama, daddy, mama, daddy. All the way back to Adam and Eve. Wow. And so sin is an incurable spiritual disease inher- inherited from our foreparents, Adam and Eve. And the only cure for our sin sick condition is the blood of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 15, 22 says, for as in Adam all die. You know why? Because Adam is the federal head of the human race. And when Adam, we sin in Adam. When Adam and Eve, they were the human race. And when they fell, we fell in Adam and Eve. But the second Adam, Jesus Christ came and, and saved us out of what, uh, Adam messed us up in. First Corinthians 15, 22 says, for in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Number three, why did he come? He was the only one qualified to be our savior and redeemer. The only one qualified to be our savior and redeemer. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, Jesus was holy and he was, he, he was without sin in order to take on our sins. Hebrews 10, 11 and 12 says, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. Another bull, another goat, another sheep, another bull, another goat, another sheep, pigeons, doves, whatever, which can never take away sins. That's why they had to keep offering over and over again, because those sin offerings, they could never fully atone sins. But this man, I like that. Say this man. That verse speaks of the humanity of Jesus Christ. But this man, this God man, after he had offered one sacrifice, 
for sins forever set down at the right hand of God. In other words, Jesus Christ was the only divine sufficient substitute who could totally satisfy the wrath, the wrath and righteous demands of a holy and just God. The blood of Jesus Christ was the only thing that could satisfy the wrath as well as the righteous demands of a holy and just God. Jesus sat down. You see, you see that in the verse? Jesus sat down at the right hand of God because his redemptive sacrificial work was complete. He was through. He, he never again would there be another sacrifice for sins. Forever finished. Now, some of y'all sitting down and you've never started to serve God. Why did Jesus come? Fourthly, Jesus came to defeat Satan. He came to defeat Satan. In Hebrews 2.14, it says, Inasmuch then as the children have, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. In the same what? Flesh and blood. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Now, there is a devil. If you don't believe there's a devil, you've really been duped. you really messed up. And Satan have uh, made folk to think that there is no devil. But there is a devil, and he's real. And his works are manifested everywhere. First John 3 8 says, He who sins is of the devil. Uh, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He came, my friends, to defeat Satan. And let me tell you, he defeated him big time. Jesus partook flesh and blood to defeat Satan and his works. Satan is fighting a losing battle. That's his nature. He already knows his destiny. What he wants to do is bring as many folk into eternal damnation as he possibly can. And, and, and listen, the closer we get to the return of Christ, the busier that devil's going to get. The busier he's going to get. He's at work, but he's been disarmed through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, he is fighting a losing battle under the feet of Jesus. And his ultimate end is to be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20.10. In Revelation 20.10 it says, uh, The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are. And they will be tormented day and night. How long? Forever and ever. That's a long time. No such thing as when you leave here. You, you, you dead, you're done. That's a lie from the pits of hell. You want to make you think you're done. No, you're not done. It's just starting, baby. Oh, it's just starting. Whether you go to heaven, it's just beginning. Whether, whether you go to the lake of fire, it's just beginning. And it's forever and ever. He said, how do you burn forever? You'll, get, you'll be given a body that's fit for eternal judgment. That's right. You, 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 you'll be dying and never die. <laughs> Skin worms eat your body. You in heat that, that surpasses any kind of heat imaginable in this age. I mean, it, it, it is agony of the soul. He says, you, you, you didn't want me, so I give you eternity without me. Why did Jesus come? Number five, he came to die. He came to die. Luke 24, 67 says, he is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the son of man must be delivered into the hand of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. In first Peter 3, 18, it says, for Christ also suffered once for sin, not twice, not 15 times, once for sin. Wow. The just for the unjust. Who was just? Jesus. Who was the unjust? All of you. 
and all of humanity, past, present, and future. He died, he died in our place for us, the just for the unjust. Underline this, that he might bring us to God. We're born alienated from God, estranged from God, separated from God. Jesus came in order to bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh. What that means. He died a horrifying death on that cross that, to redeem us in order that we would have life eternally in Christ. Number six. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to defeat death. He came to defeat death. First Corinthians 15, 54 through 57. It says, so when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death, where is death? Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, my friend, this, this passage is saying that Jesus' death and victorious resurrection conquered sin. It conquered Satan. Jesus' death and resurrection conquered death and conquered the grave. And that's why we can still rejoice even though we cry at a graveside. Because we realize to be absent in the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Well, we said, who is Jesus? We answered the question, why did he come? Well, let's ask answer another question. When did he come? We're talking about the true meaning of Christmas. When did Jesus come? And see, you ought to be sharing this message with everybody so they'll learn what Christmas is really all about. When did Jesus come? The scripture says in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. It's our scripture memory verse for this month. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. In other words, at the precise moment in human history, God sent forth his son born of a woman. In other words, the coming of Christ was not too early. It was not too late. It was at the precise time in history, Christ came born of a woman, which speaks of his humanity of humanity and, and his virgin birth. Jesus was born under the law, which obligated him to obey God's law, which he did perfectly like no one else. No one else. The Pharisees, Sadducees, all the people of old and all the people who think they were somebody in the Old Testament time. Nobody could fulfill the law but the Lord Jesus Christ. He 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 lived out his life under the law. And he fulfilled the law perfectly, per like no one else, in order to provide salvation for fallen humanity. And a scripture on that is Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And Jesus fulfilled the law in every way. So we've shared, when did he come? Now, now how did he come? How did he come? No, uh, through the obedience and humility of Christ, he humbled himself and became a man through the virgin birth. This is the incarnation which speaks of Jesus being clothed with flesh, taking on sinless, taking on a sinless human body and nature of man.
and through the Holy Spirit's miraculous conception would be the Son of God. That's how he came. Luke, Luke chapter one, verses 30 through 36 shares how he came. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Wow. That's how he came. He came in humility. He took on flesh and blood. That's so special. That is so very special. How did he come? That's, he came as a man. He was God, 100% God and 100% man. And you cannot take away from his divinity nor his humanity lest you create great heresy. So, so we have to realize that's how he Came. My friend, are you ready for Christ? Are you ready for Christ? Christ is coming back again. Like the shepherds, we must tell others about him. Luke chapter 2, verses 17 through 18 says, Now when they had seen him, they may widely known the Savior, which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which was told them by the shepherds. This is how we respond to the Savior. We need to be like the Savior, be like the Savior and be like the shepherds and tell folk about the coming of Christ. Let me tell you something, my friends. Like the wise men, we must worship him. That's how we are to respond. We must worship him. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 and verse 11, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jesus, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. This is how we respond to the Savior falling down and worshiping the Savior. How do we respond to the birth of Christ? Like the wise men, we must give to Christ the King. We must give to Christ the King. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We see the wise men giving to Christ. Frankincense was an expensive, great-smelling incense that was used only for special occasions. It was also used for weddings for people who could not afford it. The wise men gave frankincense. The wise men gave myrrh. Say myrrh. Myrrh was also a perfume, but not quite as expensive as frankincense. Myrrh speaks of the humanity of Christ. It was also used in preparation of the bodies. For burial, even Jesus' Jesus's body uh, uh, had myrrh put on it. In John chapter 19, verse 39, Jesus said, And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh, aloes, about a hundred pounds used on the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we had presented to the Savior by the wise men, we had gold. Say gold. 
gold speaks of Christ's royalty. Not only was he born king of the Jews, he also rules and reigns in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Myrrh, frankincense, and gold given to the Savior. How, how, how are we to respond to the Christ of Christmas? Like Anna, we must serve him. Like Anna, we must serve him. In Luke chapter 2, verses 36 to 38, it says, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who look for the redemption of Jerusalem. Let me say something about Anna. Anna served the Lord even though she was of great age. Even though she was of great age, she served the Lord. Whereas today, many older saints coast their way to heaven. The older some saints get, the less they do. Listen, we cannot be saved and satisfied. We must work till the day is done. Anna, in this passage, she served God sacrificially and continually and did not depart from the temple. Whereas today, many saints are so inconsistent with their attendance to worship God in his house. And even at Christmas, so many saints are distracted by busyness, shopping activities and parties that they fail to come worship and celebrate the Christ of Christmas in the house of God. When you can't come to the house of God to worship this Christmas season, then you have missed, you have missed the true essence and meaning of Christmas. Anna served God thankfully and she entered into the house of God. Whereas many saints today come into the house of God angry and bitter and negative, possessing an entitlement mentality. In other words, uh, you owe me something. Sing me happy. Pray me happy. Give me happy. Instead of saying, what can I do for Jesus this Christmas? How do we respond to the birth of the, birth of the Savior? We must love him. First John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Christmas is about the love of God. And my friends, we too must love one another. Do you love Jesus? Do you love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? My friend, like Mary, how do we respond to Jesus? Like Mary, we must obey him. Say obey him. We must obey him. Luke 1, 30 through 31 and verse 38, it says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And Mary said, behold, the, ma the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She did not understand everything, but she knew to obey the message from the angel because Gabriel was speaking on behalf of God. How do we respond to the Christ of Christmas? Like Simeon, we must believe in him. Luke 2, 25 and 30 says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And, his, and this man was a just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, for my eyes have seen your salvation. 
which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. In conclusion, amidst all the clutter and distractions that blinds us from the true meaning of Christmas, we must ask the same question that the wise men ask. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? The Tiffany sings, the, the Tiffany sings are going down. You, uh, the, the, the holidays have substituted the name of Merry Christmas. And the question the wise men ask need to be asked today. Where is he? Then we must embrace the Christ of Christmas, who is the savior of the world. Luke 2, 11 says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. My friend, you are not ready for Christmas if you have not received the Christ of Christmas as your personal savior. And this same Jesus who came over 2,000 years ago is coming again. But the real question is, will you be found ready when Christ return? Allow me to close with this little poem. It's entitled, Towards the Night Before Jesus Came. Allow me to share this. Towards the night before Jesus came and all through the house, not a creature was praying not one in the house. The Bibles were laying on the shelf without care in hopes that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not one ever kneeling or bowing ahead. And mom in her rocker with baby on her lap was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the wonder, I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, but angels proclaiming that Jesus is here. With a light, with a light, the sun sending forth a bright ray, I knew in a moment this must be the day. The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning, just like he said. And though I possess worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. In the book of life, which he held in his hand, was written the was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name. And he said, it's not here. My head hung in shame. The people whose name had been written with love, he gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without sound while all the rest of us was left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if I had only been ready tonight. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is drawing near. There's only one life. And when comes the last call, we'll find that the Bible was true after all.
my friend, ready or not, Jesus is coming again. But the question I pose to you this morning is, are you ready? And all God's children said, Amen. let's pray. And Father, we thank you for the message. We just love you. And we bless you. You've been so good to us. You've been better to us than we have been to you. So many are carried away with the activities of this season. Somehow, we need to ask the same question the wise men asked thousands of years ago. Where is he? Father, it is my prayer that we will keep in mind and in heart the true essence and meaning of Christmas. Help us to refocus and keep the main thing the main thing. We love you and we declare our undivided allegiance to you. In Jesus' name. No, God shouldn't say As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.